Hello, everyone. This is Coach E. Allen with the Game Ready Podcast. This is my brief introduction for this week's episode with Coach Marty Wilner. Uh, we dive into the benefits of sports and how sports can help athletes heal and recover from traumatic brain uh, events. Uh, you know, you've heard over the past several years about how sports like football and soccer can actually cause traumatic brain issues, and but we're talking about traumatic issue events that happen in the athlete's life as they grow, you know, whether it be um, losing a parent, uh, some other traumatic uh, event that's happened, like possibly not playing their, you know, not being able to be involved in sports due to the, to the current pandemic. And, you know, several issues that, that could cause uh, a change in the brain in the brain chemistry of of youth athletes. Uh, we dive in a, and and, I, and I'm going to be honest. I never really thought that uh, sports had this ability, but I, you know, in in you know, I guess subconsciously I did because sports has uh, been a a huge part of my life, and it's partially the reason why I chose the career that I'm in right now. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, if you have any questions or any comments, please leave them in the comments uh, below. And uh, hope you guys enjoy the whole conversation. We will expand on this. Make sure to check out Coach Marty's website. It is called HealingMyBrainTools.com. And basically, he, he, he goes through the whole process on how he developed this program and, and how the benefits of it. It's pretty interesting. Hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Take care. Welcome to the Game, Game Ready, Ready, Ready Podcast, Podcast. Podcast. Podcast with Coach E. Allen. Thank you for joining us. Sit back and enjoy the show. Don't forget to subscribe and like the show. We appreciate all your support. All right, welcome to the Game Ready Podcast. We're sitting here with Marty Wolner. Uh, he's he's a, a, a very, very interesting person, and he has a, a, a subject that's very dear to my heart, and it, it basically goes into the mental effects of trauma and how sports help heal those mental effects of trauma. If I said if I, if I if I phrased that correctly, and he and he's 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 going, we're going to dive in a little bit, and then he's going to explain his program, what he created, and and a couple of his partners that he's partnered with to expand this and bring it to the attention. And my goal with this, when when Marty contacted me, was to help the people that I have an opportunity to train to look at the mental aspect and to see how important sports are to the overall growth and development of youth athletes. And it gives them the tools to help them, you know, just deal with the everyday gr uh, grind and bumps and bruises of life. So I'll let you take it off, uh, Marty. It's all yours. Thank you so much, Coach. I I'm just uh, so honored and grateful to be with you here and appreciate appreciative of being able to have this conversation and how important it is to realize that in addition to all the other great things that sports can offer young athletes, 
um, in terms of leadership and team building and problem solving, and probably the list goes even longer than that. But now there's new awareness and new empowerment. They can actually heal their brains and bodies that may have been impacted by traumatic experience, uh, stressful relationships, or even current stress, current toxic and chronic stress, certainly uh, COVID, the pandemic, lots of layers of different trauma and stress on these young people. And so sports has a lot of great things to offer young people. But in addition to that, with a, a bit more focus and intention, uh, coaches and programs, parents and athletes can become more aware and empowered to be able to heal the brain. And we'll talk more about that. But just again, sports has the amazing ability to actually rewire a brain and heal the body that's been impacted by previous trauma experience. So I've been a trauma educator for 17 years. I'm in the Philadelphia area and I work for an organization uh, that goes in supported by the United Way. And we go into schools and uh, social uh, with social workers. We're um, in with the city of Philadelphia in terms of their education system and, and their DHS. And we're trying to bring the raise awareness about trauma in general and how it impacts growth and development, brain and body for children. But then after having all that experience, getting certification and really getting into the understanding of the wiring of the brain, and also, by the way, coach, being a, a dad and a sports coach and also a high school official now for both soccer and basketball um, and seeing and being involved in the, in the sports environment and really realizing the impact of what trauma does. And I've worked with a lot of, for years now, a lot of inner city high schools and inner city programs, certainly not just inside the city, but outside as well, and have dealt with a lot of different layers of trauma and really have gone in and have, did, have done a lot of impact in terms of meeting the needs of these athletes, helping them heal their brains, and also amazingly enough, impacting their performance on the field or court. And so once we start to heal the athlete, we start to improve the healthy, safe relationships within the team structure, amazingly enough, peak performance comes. And, and, and actually, um, there's a lot more success on the field or the court. So there is a correlation, a lot of research, a lot of neuroscience behind it. I won't bog you down with a lot of the, a lot of the technical stuff. But as it turns out, we're, we all can be empowered to actually do things intentionally to help us heal. And sports is just a wonderful way for young people to do that. Very true. I, could you, could you go into some of the details of, are there specific uh, exercises or is there a specific guide to, like say a coach wanted to, you know, was interested in, in actually looking at the program and seeing if he could implement it. What, what are some of the details behind the pro program that can help these athletes? Thanks coach. So you can get a lot of the details at sportsbraincoach.com, but I certainly want to share with you in terms of understanding and bringing it down to a real simple, accessible understanding about the brain. And so adverse childhood experiences, childhood trauma impacts how the brain is wired. Mm -hmm. And many, there is a new awareness or an expanded awareness around, they have a survey called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Survey or the ACEs Survey. And they've done this in cities and states across the country. And what they find out is that childhood trauma actually impacts the brain and body throughout lifetime can cause physical, medical, um, um, mental health issues. There's a lot of impact that childhood trauma can have. But with new awareness by the individuals, the families, the community, which would be teachers and coaches and all the other adults 
in a child's life with new awareness that this child may or probably has been impacted by in a challenging way by less than healthy or adverse experiences, what can now we do in the classroom, on the field, or when we're with this child in whatever situation, I'm a piano teacher, I'm a drama teacher, I'm a sports coach, whatever adult comes in connection with this child, we can actually polish and tweak what we're already doing, the healthy things that we're already doing, but now becoming more trauma aware and trauma sensitive. And that's what we do. We help people raise their awareness just to be more intentional and purposeful. So for instance, um, specifically, and it's it, again, you and I had discussed this a bit uh, previous, but it's not complicated. It's very simple stuff that can be integrated into current practices and training and, and body conditioning, and certainly then competition and games as well. So it's not a lot of change. There's not a wholesale change in programs. We go into programs and we assess, we observe what's happening and in terms of relationships and communication styles and maybe the logistics of how practices are set up. And we, we make some observations, but then any recommendations that we make would be simple things. So during workouts, while you're, while you're at practice, um, during actual stretching or layups or running drills or passing drills or whatever the case may be in terms of working out, athletes can actually do some things mindfully while they're doing things for their body. Mm -hmm. And so we help coaches be more intentional and in bringing actual tools, little um, sports-related mindful tools that the athletes can focus on while they're stretching, while they're doing their roots and doing their practice. And that repetitive nature of running through drills combined with now mental discipline and control through some mindful um, exercise, just simple little one and two, five minute little things they can do in their minds while they're stretching really brings things together and gets that focus for when they're ready then to get on the field or the court. That is huge. Cause I do, I, I, I implement something similar when I, when I work with my athletes, we do a movement prep. Everybody does a movement prep and what the movement prep does, it prepares the mind for the actual workout. And, and when we do the movement prep, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a look at your website so I can get some tips myself. So it, 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 will, it helps calm the mind and it helps center the athletes so they're open to learn and they're open to get the most benefit out of the actual workout and out of the program. So, I mean, that, that's essential, preparing the mind before, while you're stretching. I tell my, and the, the thing is, the, the funny thing is when you just said that, I heard my, I, I, I've, I've been preaching that for like the last 10 years since I've started coaching. Use the stretch time to prepare yourself for practice. It is so important. It gives you a time to just, you know, you can joke around, you can talk, you can have fun, but use that time to really hone in on why you're there. What is the purpose behind you being there? And then you move forward and you, and you, you more than likely you'll have a better practice. You'll be more in tune and you'll get more out of the whole experience of, of being around your teammates and, and, and improving during that during that practice so you're very intentional about that and I'm, oh, yeah. you know i'm wondering either you did that already as an athlete when you were an athlete but at some point you switched and that's what we try to get coaches just yeah. to make that switch to realize because many times what happens especially at the youth levels mm -hmm. they let the kids or the athletes 
um, stretch on their own. They walk away. Okay, yeah. this is 15 minutes. Go stretch. Go do layups. Go do drills. Sprint. Go run routes. We'll throw. And then the coaches leave the team, assuming that they're just taking care of the body. Mm-hmm. But if you can just be a little intentional, yeah. and maybe some captains, you know, as the kids, as the athletes get older, you can certainly put this the captains in charge of it. But at the at the younger ages, sometimes the coach has to stay involved. Um, but just to your point, to be intentional about understanding that for that. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or however long, we can actually put our mind through warm-ups. I mean, we're warming up our body. We're getting our body tuned up and warmed up for what we're about to do. Now let's use that time to get our mind warmed up and focus for what we're about to do. That is, that is huge. That, that's huge. And I, I, and I want to learn how to be more efficient at it so I can actually bring it up to some of my buddies who are coaches. So they can actually apply it and they can actually, you know, not make it complicated, but just figure out a way to implement it in their, in, into their, uh, their coaching and their training programs. And I, I know just from my, my, my experience, like you mentioned before, I started doing that when I was, when I was playing professionally and it actually helped me really take the pressure off myself. Cause I used to overpressurize things. And I would choke, <laughs> I would choke the whole process by not being, being so leery about making a mistake, about not having a perfect practice, about not making the perfect uh, uh, decision during a play. I had to take a step back to really center myself. And it actually helped me and I, it, it extended my career. <laughs> and it made the well, game. It made it made the game so much more fun. And if we had a, a brain scan on your head and, and connect your mind and body, you you did intentional things to connect the mental piece and the physical piece, and you saw the change on the field. And that's how we got to get with coaches: is that this is stuff is not only good to help the athletes heal their brains, but your team. If we can get everybody focused and mind and body together, mm-hmm. when you hit that quarter, hit that field, boy, woof. It's going to be a whole different tempo, energy exactly. level, attitude, exactly. support for each other. Things exactly. are going to change. And, and that's really the um, coach. It's really a bit of a paradigm, a belief system change, just to kind of, it's not really the things to do. It's just helping the coach, the parents, the athletes understand the benefit of some of this stuff. Exactly. And, and, and there's an old adage in coaching, winning cures everything. Sometimes winning does not cure everything. You can still win and still have that one thing that is preventing your team from actually making it to a certain a certain level. So you you know that's why I think a lot of teams you'll see teams rattle off ten wins in one season, and, and the first ten games of the season they're, they're red hot. Then the last three or four games they go to crap. They get in the playoffs and they just go they they just tank that one that one thing and use that one thing is the mental aspect of the of the of the of the players people get worn out of after a certain after a certain amount of uh of playing and doing the most the repetitive things over and over and over again if there's no focus on centering the athlete mentally during the season it would the mental wear and tear you, you know is paramount if, if it's not addressed and it's not in, involved if it's not implemented in the program from the start and so I'm hearing that you really have, have felt that experience in the shift. But even in general, when you talk about getting in the zone, mm. that's a brain thing. Flow state is a thing. 
Yes. And so by, by connecting mind and body and being focused in all aspects of training and working out and pre-game workouts, mm -hmm. if you're connecting your mind and body, once you hit that court or the field or wherever your, your, your arena may be, you can get into that flow state and hit that zone. Mm -hmm. And there have been, um, certainly you as a pro athlete have a, a lot of great stories and there have been books been written about this. I mean, Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, jo Michael Jordan used to use these things, you know, six seconds left in the game. You know, the whole crowd knew where the ball was going mm -hmm. and it's time out. He's sitting on the bench. You know, what is he thinking about at that moment? And he's very focused and intentional. And I won't give away the whole book, but the mm -hmm. idea is by just being, Kobe did it as well. They yep. kind of came together by just being focused and, and being able to block out distractions. Some of it's self-talk. Oh, some yeah. of it's just those mental habits, those. And that's another thing that um, as, as we move on, if you want to talk about another tool, oh, like yeah. you mentioned, you know, athletes, you know, sports can be the most mindful activity. I mean, the rest of the world's blocked out for that two hours. You know, you're playing a game, a lot of stress. You may have a lot of stuff going on, but, you know, someone's running after you or ready to block you or hit you. It's tough to think about anything else. It's pretty mindful. <laughs> but the thought process of what you're saying, the pressure of performance, doing well, of being able to forget about the last play so I can be focused and more connected for the next play. So maybe I, even in, uh, we uh, talked to coaches about this, about the brain states of an athlete and they've actually put brain scans and know that during a game in the ebb and flow and the up and down, the emotional roller coaster of a football game, a basketball game, hockey, and whatever, that there's an up and down of what's called brain states. Mm -hmm. And there are ideal places in the brain to be, to be able to succeed. So for instance, um, let's say a quarterback just throws an interception or somebody fumbles or there's a turnover, you, you score a touchdown and somebody on the line has a penalty and had to call the, call the play back. Everyone's frustrated. Emotions are running high. Teams coming off the, let's say it's a turnover. Teams coming off the field. You know, what does the first thing the coach says? You know, what's that first thing that can come out of him, his or her mouth? And, and what's the first, many times it's not even the head coach. Many times there's an assistant coach or somebody else is the first person to respond. So we talk about that. We talk about the dynamics and how to try to keep athletes in a healthy brain state, even if they have adversity. Because as you know, as a pro athlete, you don't want the mistake in the second quarter to be affecting your mental state in the third, you know, in the second half. And right. so how do you help athletes get into that zone, get into that mental place where not only are they connected and they feel better because if we had the brain scan, we'd see dopamine and serotonin yes. and all these healthy brain chemicals, you know, while they're in the middle of the game mm -hmm. or on the other side, if it's self-talk and, things aren't going well for the team that day and that particular athlete is not connected brain and body, then other neurochemicals like cortisol yes. and adrenaline and epinephrine and some things that may not be as healthy. So we can control all of that. And that's what we go into programs to talk to coaches and athletes and parents about activities and workouts and mental things, simple little things to try to keep focus, a good neurochemicals being released, and also connected with their teammates, because obviously in team sports, just one or two people being connected, we want the whole team mind and body to be connected to move forward. Exactly. And, and one, one of the things, is, and, that, and that's the culture. And, you know, you, and you can tell by some of the, the, the best uh, programs and, and organizations in, in, you know, in the world, they have a team culture that cultivates that. It may be indirect. It may be through trial and error, 
but they have a culture that connects everyone and it gives them and, 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 and it gives them an edge over over most programs and most organizations and i can mention a couple you know you, you can say the new england patriots say the alabama you can say clemson uh, you know, and I can even say that, you know, people may, people can agree or disagree. My, my alma mater, the University of Cincinnati, what they've done to give the kids the actual mental edge over the last several years has allowed them to take the program to another level. And, and he's done, and he's, he's pretty much taken the blueprint from, from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is one of the coaches who, who's also done that on several levels. And, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's just fascinating because usually it's just a crapshoot. It's just a crapshoot. You put, you put something out there, you figure it out, and that's how you establish your culture. But now there's, with your program, I think people can establish a culture off the bat by handling the mental aspect right at the beginning and actually giving the athlete what I consider home, a home base within themselves. But when crap hits the fan, they can just return home, focus on the fundamentals of what, what they got to do, and then we go forward from there. And that's a much deeper level of connection between oh, yeah. coach and athletes, between oh, the athletes themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's when you start to get into, you know, you're thinking alike on the field and you're connected yeah. at a whole, almost like a sixth sense intuitive oh, yeah. level. Oh, yeah. Because that well, that's an indication of brain and body being connected mm -hmm. and the team being connected. So I want to offer you a couple more tools just to throw oh, out a couple things. Sweet. Music is great. Mm -hmm. So um, music connects people. Yeah. And many teams, as you probably know, you probably can go through your history. You know, you throw the music on as you're working out or stretching or in the locker room or whatever. But we can you can be more intentional about um, what kind of music and how what the team's doing with the music and. Um, we want more rhythmic music, so steady rhythm, mm -hmm. a consistent rhythm. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily as much about the lyrics or the artists. That's okay, whatever the kids, whatever the young people are connected to, but it's about the beat mm -hmm. because the beat is helpful. The brain loves rhythm. And so if we can, and that's why you see teams will chant oh, right before, yeah. that is just so trauma-informed because oh, yeah. if you can get into that, it's almost tribal. It's oh, almost yeah. like we're, we're together, we're singing, yeah. we're chanting. Oh, so yeah. youth coaches can really use music. We actually have gone in and helped, picked up a couple of captains from a team and developed just four or five songs. You know, rather than being a random, let's just throw on Spotify, whoever's playlist is available. Mm -hmm. we, that we can actually pick some songs that the, that the athletes love, mm -hmm. that they're connected to, but with the intention of keeping the beat, keeping a consistent beat for the rhythm. And I would suggest, if you can do it all practice, but not a lot of coaches want to keep the music on the whole practice, but yeah. if for 10 or 15 minutes in the beginning, if you start to see all of a sudden they're working out and they're all together jamming a little bit, you know that that's great for the brain. The brain yeah. and body are connected. And then one other thing, coach, I, I don't want to, you know, to give, share too much. I, I'm pouring oh, a lot out here. Of course. But um, one thing about the intention for coaches, just to give out a little bit of brain, how we heal the brain, uh -huh. is – that uh, drills, repetitive drills are so healthy for the brain. And so many times, especially in, in a youth coach situation, in my experience, uh, a lot of teams want to get past drills quickly in scrimmage, or they want to get out on the field, or they want to get out on the court. 
And so certainly drills can help with fundamentals and all the touches that you get, whatever sport that you're talking about. But in addition to that, in addition to all that good stuff and positive stuff for drills, when they put brain scans on athletes, they find that the best thing to heal the brain, to actually rewire and calm the brain down, are any activities that are patterned, mm -hmm. repetitive, mm -hmm. and rhythmic. And so sports drills are just naturally pattern repetitive and rhythmic. So playing the piano is pattern repetitive rhythmic dancing is, you know, if you're a dancer, but in sports drills can be very pattern repetitive and rhythmic. So if you start, if you're starting off your practice or the time you have with your team and you have some drills in the beginning and people are complying, when are we going to get this scrimmage? And is this, how long are we going to do this? And, you know, they get that kind of, well, maybe the drills need to be a little, little more fun. Maybe you need mm -hmm. to bring some other stuff out. Maybe there's some equipment and you can spread, you know, some other ways of setting up the drills, mm -hmm. but to set them up in a way, maybe music can be played at the time. You know, mm -hmm. maybe there's other things you can bring in, but coaches can be very, can understand. We can raise their awareness to realize don't shorten the drills, yeah. that the drills are calming your team down and helping them connect. Just try to make them funner or more engaging. And so the idea there is, to focus and be more intentional on the drills themselves. And then uh, the athletes will then connect to that and realize that that patterned repetitive and rhythmic drill is actually brain friendly and healing the brain. Big time. That, that, that's huge. Cause uh, that is just a, in my opinion, that's just basic fundamentals of coaching. That's, that's just my opinion. And, and I, I, I kind of learned that indirectly from a coach of mine and his, what his thing, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't music. He would tell a joke. We start every practice with, a, with, with some corny joke and he'd get all of us, you know, all of us together and he would do the same thing in a pressure situation. We, you know, he was one of the best coaches I ever had. It, it, it was my, he was my coach, my junior year in college. And one thing that he would always do, he was like, we are, and he told us this, we when whenever things go crazy, hey, I'm gonna pull you off the field. I'm gonna relax the situation. I'm gonna tell you, you know, we're gonna just talk back and forth. We're not even gonna talk about what's what's what the play is. We're gonna take like five seconds. I'm gonna tell you just a, a something, you know, something that'll just break break the tension. Then we're gonna talk about what we can do to actually make things better. What can we correct to give us the best best chance to win in that pressure situation? That. That's where I kind of learned that from. Is, is, uh, so that's an, that's an incredible skill. So that's a trauma-informed way to, to respond. We connect and yeah. then correct. Yes. A lot of people will go to correction first without yeah. the connection. Mm -hmm. So I'm hearing that that coach for you was a safe relationship and that he was very intentional about connecting first oh, yeah. and then moving on. And for you, I'm hearing, Coach, that that just – gave a level of safety in the moment oh, yeah. that helped you understand and stay a bit calmer mm. to be able to realize or maybe grow and develop what you needed. You're, you're able to hear, especially a youth, a child is able to hear the correction piece after they've been connected. with. Exactly. And it's, and it kind of clears the brain and it opens up the mind where you're, you're, you can see solutions. And one thing that I, I used to do, and I added a little twist on this, I would allow my players that I used to coach to come up with the solutions, but I, you know, and I, I would just, I would just be the catalyst. If they ask me about a certain play, I was like, so what do you, what, what do you think about this? What, what do you, how, how do you think you're going to react? I mean, what, 
and I, and I would put the ball in their coat in their court and what they would they would come up with solutions and it would give them more confidence and as we grew and as we went through the whole process of them learning the game and learning how to play they would go into pressure situations and I wouldn't even have to worry about it they would just handle it and they would take care of it and they would work as a unit and work together and they would be better better they would communicate better with each other within my unit and in turn, it will make everybody else work better together. Yeah. Again, once you have that connection and that safety and relationship, oh, you can do some amazing things as a team for sure moving forward. It is huge. I, I mean, that, this, 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 this is touching on uh, uh, an area that when I bring it up to my athletes, it's like something foreign. You know, so when I bring it up to some, some coaches, you know, the coaches who don't, so you got, not everybody is a good coach. <laughs> so everybody has their own reason for coaching. When I bring it up to the coaches who are really in tuned with actually improving and developing athletes, this is a no brainer. When I'm, when I'm talking to certain coaches who have other, have other intentions and it, it's like, it, it just goes on deaf ears and, you know, and they look at it like it's, you know, like it's uh, like a waste of time, but, you don't have a mental connection with the, with your players. It's hard to get them to actually see the benefit in what you're saying, what you're saying, and how they can improve. And it's really a two-step process. <laughs> First, it's it's what you're suggesting: just getting that awareness, oh. trying to get through some belief systems, some yes. really kind of solid belief systems. Mm -hmm. So, kind of trying to, and that's safety too. Going in and saying, you know, and how do you set relations between us and the coaches? You know, mm -hmm. who are these people coming in to tell us how to change our practice kind of thing. But once they're able to see that, that's the first step. Once we can help see the benefit and the value. But then the second step, coach, is then what, how to do it, the tools. Mm -hmm. Because a, a coach will say, oh, okay, you're telling me drills. Okay, okay, I want to stick. But what, what, do, how do, what does that look like? And so awareness is the first step. And then what to do or how to tweak, how to polish is the second step. Mm -hmm. And so that's education. And that's just connection and sometimes we coach the coaches sometimes we go in and go out to here in philadelphia i've been out of many of the high schools practices with the coaches and we go out right there and you know do some uh, some polishing and tweaking right there in, in that moment but mm -hmm. the idea is that first you can change kind of your intention and purpose mm -hmm. but then there is kind of a bit of a um a curiosity or a need for how to do that and what are some of the tools for that so i think it is a journey I yeah. think first, again, that first step of that awareness and just getting past some beliefs that, to your point, a lot of coaches are even athletes themselves. And so if they've had success like you had with the mental piece, mm -hmm. it's a great conversation. But if they haven't, if they didn't have the benefit of that, you're right. It just falls on the deaf ears and then it's yeah. tough to get through that belief system. Yeah. But if you can make that change, then it's so because sometimes I get in the program like, OK, I hear you. And we're ready to go, but what? How do we do that? And what do what does that look like when I get there in front of the kids? And what's the first thing I say? And what's the first thing we do? And so that's kind of that journey and what that looks like in terms of a process. That is cool. Well, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you to give too much away. You know, I want you to talk a little bit more about about you and how you approach coaching, and you know, what 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 is. What motivated you to start coaching? What, what was your what, what was the main catalyst behind you wanting to coach in the first place? Well, that, that's an interesting question. And, uh, you know, I was a dad who wanted to be involved with my kids through sports. 
I played sports all my life. All I was a three season sport, but I never excelled at a higher level of sports. Um, certainly lettered at high school in, in two sports, but never went on in college or played anything past high school, um, which uh, obviously, as you know, many, that's how many athletes are, you know, it starts to really get down. And, and part of this is being able to, for, to, to empower young people to be equipped for life after their sport, yes, to be able sir. to handle some things. Um, but at any rate, when I first got into coaching, it was because my daughter, who was a soccer player, had a very competitive, a very stressful coach. And he, there had been, um, we had come on a team late and it already been a groundswell to try to get rid of him. But the problem of getting rid of him was I didn't have anybody to step forward. So here I was, didn't know, you know, what to stress or anything with the job. They handed me a bag of soccer balls and a bunch of email addresses. And I, I literally at a meeting once kind of got everyone stepped back. I got, I got volunteered by, cause I didn't move and everyone else stepped back and I was just, okay, I'll be coach. And I love this, this, the, the sport of soccer yeah. and I wanted to be involved, love kids. Um, I think my daughter was eight or nine years old at the time. So they're very young, but I stayed with that team for about nine or 10 seasons. And they became a very high level soccer team started out at U nine, ended up at U 17 played all year round indoor, you know, in Philly, we have weather issues here. So indoor soccer in the winter, spring soccer when we could, and of course, fall soccer when we did. Um, so I was able to start to see and realize as I was getting this information that as my athletes were growing up and developing, that they were having different stress, that I was seeing the impact of their trauma, their stress. And as they developed, um, like any you know, young person will do, they start to have stuff going on. And then finally, when this team got into high school, they had some real challenges with some of the players. And the fact that we had built safe relationships and I was a safe coach for them and we had built such within the parents, we really had an amazing program with this group um it brought a lot of connection and reward and we certainly it, it transferred for us on the field um in, in, in almost scary ways where we would be confused in the first half of the season and, and and the athletes would have they'd be taking sats and they'd be doing all sorts of other things oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden game five would come and for the next five games we'd blow teams out because yes. when they finally got it together and finally you know so it was a, it was a learning experience um, but I understood and started to realize, Coach, that and, and, and a lot of research behind this was that athletes will remember how they felt while they played sports more than the actual results. Mm -hmm. And so certainly if you win the championship and you go to some and you're holding big trophies, I mean, you're going to remember that. But if you go nine and three or you go, you know, seven and four and you may, you know, get knocked out in the semifinals of something, mm -hmm. the, the athletes are going to remember how they felt that season. Did they feel connected? Did they feel rewarded? Did they feel they um, certainly might boil down to playing time? It might be very specific things. But really, as you look back, we can all look back. What was the most were the most strongest connections we had on the, the winningest teams? Maybe for some athletes, but for others, maybe the best team they had was a team that went seven and four, or maybe four and seven. You know, yeah. maybe there were there were that we didn't do so well. Like in soccer, when you did well, they moved you up a division. Yeah. So you went through that. You went through this whole thing where you were great one year and the next year you were just happy to be in the middle of the pack because mm -hmm. now you were playing and we were traveling. So you always have, you know, stiffer competition. You know, you can always move around. So how do the athletes feel about the season and do they feel connected? And I have to say that one of the most rewarding things, and you may feel this is running into the athletes now because now they're adults. Yes. And 
You know, it's not about what tournaments did we not go to, did we go to, and what did, did we do this? It's all about, wow, when I was in soccer, I loved it. And it was, I couldn't wait to get to practice. Mm. I couldn't wait. And I had, in my area, we had, interestingly enough, it, it was a girls team that was five, four or five different high schools. So they weren't socially, it wasn't like they would, so they had, and going through the teenage years, that looked a little different. Some of the high schools were rivals, you know, mm. they would wear, you know, they all of a sudden they were a team and now they become competitors, you know, you know how sometimes that goes. Uh-huh. Um, so we went through some different things, but they always stuck together and they always had each other's backs. And the parents even have said to me over the years after they've run, I run into some of them at the supermarket or whatever, you know, those, those six years in soccer, they felt so connected and so-and-so, and I wouldn't even know so-and-so was going through some academic issues and, mm-hmm. she, and she didn't do this. And soccer was the, the foundation and kept her focused. And, and there'd be other things that I wasn't even aware of necessarily back then that I realized by having a more trauma informed and a more social emotional connection with the mental piece of mm-hmm. my athletes was something that now I realized had a tremendous impact. That is huge because uh, that, that, that makes you want to keep coming back to coach. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, yes. I, and that's, that's the part that I miss. I, uh, I ran into one of my athletes a year ago. Uh, my girlfriend and I were at a, at a, 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 like a pumpkin patch and he was out there with his nephew and he was like, Oh, coach Allen, how you doing? And he, and, and he was, he was out there with his girlfriend and his nephew and his girlfriend. Oh, I've heard so much about you. You're like the best. You're, 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 you're like God to him. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> He's, but I, I know the feeling when you get those, those reactions and, and you keep up with your athletes that you've had the opportunity to connect with on a certain level. It's, it's just huge to see them as adults, see them become productive problem solvers and to see them actually grow into some great people. It, you know, it's the best thing. And, 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 and to see sports have a big impact on people like that, it, you know, it, it's, it, makes, it makes you keep coming back. And I'll leave you with this. One of our top brain researchers, a gentleman named Dr. Bruce Perry, who actually just wrote a trauma book with Oprah, that was just um, released recently called What Happened to You? Oprah's big into in terms of trauma awareness. And Dr. Perry suggests that his research, and he's been doing this for 25 years, he suggests that one healthy relationship in a young person's life that's been impacted by trauma, one healthy relationship can actually reduce, diminish, or buffer the impact of their traumatic experience and all the other less than healthy relationships that they may have. So even though these kids may be going home or they may have challenging home situations for whatever reason or school situations for whatever reason, mm-hmm. if they get out on the field or they get out on the court when they're with their team and their coaches, those healthy relationships. And many times it's more frequent, you know, if it's everyday practice or whatever many times a week, the, the consistency of that can actually heal the brain despite a lot of the other stress and trauma that's going on. And I tell, I lead coaches with this all the time, coach, I say, you can be, we can be that one healthy relationship. And we can probably all remember back in our, in our childhoods about a teacher, a coach, or any other adult that, again, helped bridge us to something, open up an opportunity for us, mm-hmm. or just was a safe relationship. They had a good sense of humor, yeah. or they had, or something else, and something else connected with us when we were 10 or 12 or 15 or 17, whatever the age may be. And we can be that adult now for the children and the athletes in our lives. That is huge. 
Marty, hey, I, I'm not going to hold you too long. Um, you, you've given me, given us a whole plethora of information. If you can repeat all your information, and then you know, and then when we, when we conclude, um, I'll, I'll have all this in the show notes and and um, on my on the YouTube channel and on on my um, on the podcast. So just reiterate where people can find you, all your information. There you go. Thanks, Coach. Again, I'm Marty Wallner, and you can find me at sportsbraincoach.com and uh, certainly on all the social media, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. Uh, I'm all over the place. So at Marty Wallner, YouTube, I have, we have a uh, YouTube channel as well. A lot of interviews with some pro athletes some college athletes on my YouTube channel. And again, so grateful. Thank you for the conversation. And perhaps we can get together again and we can talk more. Oh, we will. Uh, it, it's a done deal. We, we, we can hammer it out. I'm looking forward to expanding on this, you know, as people, and I, I'm going to really, I'm going to push this. And I'm I actually, I'm, I'm going to see about putting a link on my website so we can actually start the whole conversation on a national level, not in a bad way. People think when they, when, when they, when they hear this subject, that it's something bad and it's something that, that, that's, that's negative. No, this is so positive. It gives the sports another dimension that's been ignored over the last, I'd say, since I can remember. You know, you get into sports because it's fun, but you also stay into sports because you get the benefit out of it. And it's very fun. hopeful. It is yeah. a hopeful message. Thank big, you. Big time. Thank you, Marty. We'll, we'll be talking to you guys soon. Thank you guys for joining us, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Game Ready Podcast with Coach E. Allen. I can be reached at eallen at atlasprotraining.com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating of, I would hopefully a, a five-star rating. <laughs> so we, you know, we can reach as many people as possible and it improves our chances at, on increasing our reach in this huge, expansive world of podcasting. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe and I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.